we get on this emotional high when we find Jesus, when we find Christ and receive our salvation, we're on this honeymoon stage, right, of a relationship with Christ. And then we get rudely smacked in the face with realizing that we still live in a sinful world. Sin is still at our door knocking, trying to break through the window. It's on our phones, it's in front of our face 24-7, it's in almost every conversation we have. Sin is trying to enter into our lives. Soundstripe. Hey guys, welcome to the Lord I Need You podcast. Man, has it been a minute since we've done an episode. I mean, what, we've waited, I haven't put one out since, I think I put one out between Thanksgiving and Christmas, but for Christmas and New Year's, I was off, my sister was in town, sorry y'all, but family comes first, as y'all know. I I had to be here for my sister, but the Lord has finally said, you know, it's time to put out another episode, so here we are. We're at episode 10, we've made it to double digits. Let's go. Very small achievement, but an achievement nonetheless. And this episode is titled, It's Not All Rainbows and Butterflies. Honestly, my personal favorite title that I've come up with. I think it's pretty clever. And we'll get into what it all means. It's not all rainbows and butterflies. We'll get into all that in a minute. But before then, my name's Catcher Shistol. I'm the messenger of this podcast, and I'm just grateful you're here. Um, this is a podcast that the Lord has asked me to do, and really, I've allowed him to take every step in it. He's told me what to speak on. He's showed me how to build the script. He's guided my words when I speak, and so this is a podcast from strictly from the Lord, and I'm just Mr. Messenger over here. But I'm grateful that you're here, grateful that you're listening, um, and I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you receive what the Lord has for you in this podcast. But before we get started, before we pray, I got to do my shameful plugs um, just to get it out there. You can find this podcast anywhere on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your podcasts, um, even Stitcher and places like that. Also, you can find clips of the podcast, almost like a uh, notification when one comes out. A clip will release as well on YouTube, Instagram, and uh, TikTok. Just type in, Lord, I need you. Put it in the search bar and it'll come right up. So yeah, and again, if the Lord is leading you to do this, if the Lord is leading you to share this podcast or to write a comment or to follow it, or to like it, put the bell on to get notifications. If the Lord is leading you to do that, then by all means, please do it. I would love that. I would love to have you guys here um, and ready to hear what the Lord has to say. But if the Lord is not leading you, by no means, no pressure at all. I'm not going to force you to. Technically, I can't force you to. So, free will, baby. It's what we love. But yeah, I'm going to get into, we're going to pray here, and then we're going to jump into the Word, and I'll let you guys know where we're reading So if you are able, um, please bow your heads, close your eyes, put your hands together, and take off your hats in respect of speaking to our Heavenly Father. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time we get to spend with you. Thank you for just the ability to be able to listen to what you have to say. Father, I pray that we open up our ears, 
our hearts, our minds, and our souls to what you want us to know so we can receive in full and receive what you have for us, and then so we can apply it uh, later on, Father. So we thank you. I pray for those who are on the move while they're listening to this. I pray that you keep them safe. If it's in a car, on a train, in an airplane, um, wherever, Father, keep them safe as they go about their travels. For me specifically, Father, I pray that you give me the guidance and the ability to hear your voice and speak what you have me to say. And if I'm not saying stuff from you, Father, please close my mouth. Um, and if I am, allow it just to flow out um, smoothly. And thank you, Father. We are just so grateful. Um, and thank you again for your birth um, this past Christmas, Father. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Perfect. So let's get going. If you have the word out in front of you, you can open up to chapter 89 of the book of Psalms. We are... We are in the book of Psalms today, chapter 89. We're going to dive into this whole chapter. It is a longer chapter, but it's a good chapter. And funny enough, I have been reading. The Lord has asked me to read from cover to cover of the Bible. And so whenever he's asked me to read, I just read the next two chapters or four chapters or whatever it is. And right now, I am in Psalms. So, But a cool thing that God's doing. Now, we're going to dive into Psalms 89. So let's get with it. Give you some backstory. Give you some kind of history of Psalms 89 um, and the writer. Most of the Psalms are written by David, um, but this Psalm, however, 89, is not written by David. It's written by Ethan, and he's an Ezraite. Now, all we know about Ethan and his kind of job, all we know from research and stuff is that Ethan was a bronze cymbal player in the ancient Levitical worship band. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I wasn't expecting that when I first read it, but that's all we know about Ethan, besides him writing Psalms 89. And because of his musical background, um, Psalm 89 was considered and is considered a very beautiful kind of piece that um, that Ethan made. And so we're going to take a look at his beautiful piece and dive into it. Now, most Psalms kind of have the same pattern with them. Um, they all kind of have this, they start out with complaining and then they end with praise and prayer and worship to God. So that's usually how they go about. That's usually how David has written most of the Psalms. Is that they start out with, uh, Father, my enemies are coming. My enemies have me. Um, why have you forsaken me? Even though he hasn't. Um, why do I sit in this sin? Why, you know, pretty much complaining. Lord, I need you. Why are you not there? Sort of thing. And that's usually when, you know, like David was being um, chased by Saul, then it would become all about complaining. But then the, towards the end of the chapter of whatever psalm it was, then once the Lord did what he did and the Lord rescued him and the Lord blessed him, then the, then the praises came, right? Of course, we're going we're gonna to not praise the Lord when it gets hard, but praise him when it's easy, right? Which is not which is not a good practice to get into. But then when the Lord would bless David, David would praise him, Lord, you are my lover, I love you, um, you are my caretaker, um, I will serve you forever, I will praise your name on the on the highest mountain, right? And all that kind of poetry type um, praising. But what makes Psalm eighty nine different? Not that it just wasn't written by David, but it's actually flip-flopped in its structure. It actually does the opposite. Instead of complaining first and then pray, prayer and praise, it actually 
praises the Lord first and then complains at the end. And the reason why we want to go over this chapter and why the Lord has asked me to go over this chapter specifically is because this is a blueprint to our lives as Christians, right? We we get on this emotional high when we find Jesus, when we find Christ and receive our salvation, we're on this honeymoon stage, right, of a relationship with Christ. We feel like we're on top of the world. We're, we're feeling the Lord's presence for the first time within us, the Lord's Holy Spirit within us. We're feeling that for the first time and we're all excited. Like there's so much opportunity. I feel so loved. I feel protected. I feel cared for by the creator of the universe, right? We're on this emotional high. And hopefully you're with other people that are feeling the same way, that you know, that have gone through giving their life to Christ and they're excited for you. And then it continues with getting baptized, right? You get baptized, come out of the water, feel cleansed from sin, knowing that you can repent and do better. And specifically there, you're usually surrounded by at least one other person that is excited for you. So, right, you're on this emotional high. Um, just like the start of this chapter of Psalm 89. It's an emotional high. We're praising, we're singing and dancing, and so excited for what Christ is doing in our lives. And then we get rudely smacked in the face with realizing that we still live in a sinful world. Sin is still at our door knocking, trying to break through the window. It's on our phones. It's in front of our face 24-7. It's in almost every conversation we have. Sin is trying to enter into our lives. And then after that honeymoon stage of being with Christ ends, we were, we we're reminded of where we're living. We are sinful people, right? And just the hardships of life. And that it isn't all rainbows and butterflies. Following Christ is not rainbows and butterflies. I want, I want especially the new Christian term, to know that because... I don't want you to come into faith and be like, oh, I'm going to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior because I feel like it's the easiest route and everything's going to be perfect, right? Because Christians tend to put up a facade that everything's great, right? And so I want you to know, and the Lord wants me to tell you, that it's not all rainbows and butterflies. Yes, one day when either we die or the Lord comes again, it will be nothing but rainbows and butterflies. And it will be amazing. And we get to experience a lot of it when we do follow Christ. Because especially when we follow his will, there's so much beauty in it, in our lives. Um, as long as we stay away from sin, obviously. There is rainbows and butterflies, but it's not all that. And it's not going to be perfect and easy. But with that said, we can look at, you know, we can just look at today and see how how the Christian way of living, how the Lord has asked us to live our lives, right, according to his will, is so different from the earthly way of living our lives now. I mean, we can just go into, easily, we can go into a bunch of different topics. Marriage. Marriage is a big one, right, where the Lord says, I have picked someone for you, and you're going to marry them, and divorce is not of me. But yet the world says, eh, if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, give it a shot. Um, marry them. If it doesn't, you divorce them. It's fine. No big deal. Right? Completely opposite. Or another big one, sex. Hey, we're going to be open. We're going to be transparent here. Sex, the Lord says, it is a gift that I have given for married couples, for your spouse. It is a gift given specifically for that. Um, and you could only receive the full gift if you do it properly. The world, however, has says, hey, it feels fantastic. So, since it feels good, do it as much as you want. Do it out with whoever you want, how much you want. It does not matter as long as you feel good. And as we know, feelings are terrible managers. But 
All I'm saying is that the word is so different and how the Lord is asking us to live our lives is so different from how the world is living our lives. So becoming a Christian is not going to be all rainbows and butterflies. It is in the end and it is going to be a lot of the time, but it's not going to be the whole time and it's not going to be a breeze because you're actually going against what the world says. But enough of that. Now we're going to dive into Psalms 89. I promise. So there are four different sections within Psalm 89. And the first two sections are praise. And then the last two sections... Yeah, the last two sections are kind of the complaining. All right, so the first section of Psalm 89 is verses 1 through 9. And it is just straight up praise for the Lord. And I'm going to read verses 6 through 8, where it says, For who in all of heaven can compare with the Lord? What mightiest angel is anything like the Lord? The highest angelic powers stand in awe of God. He is far more awesome than all who surround his throne. O Lord, God of heaven's armies, where is there anyone as mighty as you? O Lord, you are eternally faithful. Right? Praise. All true, all beautiful. And then the next section, we don't have to spend long on that. The next section is verses 10 through 37. Now, this is kind of the main part that sets up the fall and the anger and the confusion that comes later. Because this is where the Lord makes a covenant with David. So, Ethan right now is living while David is becoming king, right, of the the Israelites. And this uh, this is where God provides a covenant with David. And promises a lot of blessings over David and over the Israelites. And so I'm going to read verses 26 through 29. And he will call out to me, you are my father. My God and the rock of my salvation. I will make him my firstborn son. I as in God saying this and he as in David. The mightiest king on earth. I will love him and be kind to him forever. My covenant with him will never end. I will preserve an heir for him. His throne will be as endless as the days of heaven. Again, right there. All those all those are promises that the Lord has made just now to David. Right? I'll give him an heir. Um, his throne will last forever. Um, and he will be the mightiest king on earth. Right? Which, obviously, we know that being the mightiest king on earth when he was king was very true. He was. Now, the others is where the problem comes in. Now, there is a part 2B that I added, kind of like a, so that was 2A, this will be 2B, where it says right after that, so that was verse 29, the end was verse 29, verse 30 through 32 is kind of the 2B, where it's a warning, right? So the Lord made a covenant with David, and this is the warning that if David breaks the covenant, this is what's going to happen. So we'll read that real quick. But if his descendants forsake my instructions and fail to obey my regulations, if they do not obey my decrees and fail to keep my commands, then I will punish their sin with the rod and their disobedience with a beating. Well, dang. Pretty intense. But let's remember all that the Lord is promising him. He's promising him an heir that will rule forever, being the mightiest king around, and his throne will thrive forever. I mean, those are some major promises, right, that the Lord has to keep. Because of knowing his character and what we know from what the word has told us, what Jesus has told us, what evidence of proving the word has told us, of who who God's character is, right, that he's going to keep it. 
And so if we continue reading, we see how we see the Lord kind of confirming his character. So this is still part, this is still part two. So verses 33 through 37. But I will never stop loving him, nor fail to keep my promises to him. No, I will not break my covenant. I will not take back a single word I said. I have sworn an oath to David, and my holiness, and in my holiness, I cannot lie. There's there's God revealing his character. His dynasty will go on forever. His kingdom will endure as the sun. It will be as eternal as the moon, my faithful witness in the sky. Little fun fact. It will be as eternal as the moon and my faith, my faithful witness in the sky. So he's saying his faithful witness is the moon. Now, who is being represented as the moon? That is Jesus Christ. So his son up in heaven is his faithful witness to God keeping his covenant to David. Right. So that's part two. Ending at verse 37. So 10 through 37. Right. The covenant God made with David saying, I'm going to keep these promises. And, and then we get to part three which is verses 38 through 51. So it's most of, so there's only 52 verses. So this is um, all the way to the very last verse. And this is where the complaining comes in. Because now now David has committed his sin of adultery. He's he's committed his sin of murder. And obviously he's continued to sin because he is a human. And... So he's broken his covenant with the Lord. And so now Israel's falling into despair. Their enemies are becoming stronger. And David's kingdom is pretty much falling apart right now. And so this is what Ethan has to say about all that. Um, so starting at verse 38. And I want to want to mention how quick of a turnaround it is. It's blessings and covenant on verse and you know praise and promises in verse thirty seven and then verse thirty eight it says but now you have rejected him and cast him off, so immediate turnaround. So let's continue reading verse thirty eight. But now you have rejected him and cast him off. You are angry with your anointed king. You have renounced your covenant with him. You have thrown his crown in the dust. You have broken down the walls protecting him and ruined every fort defending him. Everyone who comes along has robbed him, and he has become a joke to his neighbors. You have strengthened his enemies, and you made them all rejoice. You have made his sword useless and refused to help him in battle. You have ended his splendor and overturned his throne. You have made him old before his time and publicly disgracing him. So Ethan is mad, you can say. I mean, Ethan's frustrated, and of course, just like all of us would be. Because in our human earthly minds, we think in a very linear way. What we can see, what we can smell, what we can touch, you know, that is what we believe in, even though that is, even though it shouldn't be that way. But as a natural thinking, as a human being, we think in a linear direction. Like, okay, God made the covenant with David, and now everything's going terribly wrong. When the Lord promised that it wouldn't. So what's going on? Because we know his character isn't a liar, but yet that's all it feels like right now. Right, So this is that question of, is God's character really what he says he is? Because he says he's not a liar. I'm, and in my holiness, I cannot lie. Verse 35. And yet, we find ourselves in these positions wondering what God is doing. Personally, 
I'm in that situation right now. I literally had a really hard day yesterday asking the same dang question that Ethan's asking. What the heck? You say you're not a liar, but yet that's all it feels like. I've been on a journey. I know I've mentioned it a few times. I've been on a journey for two and a half years, going on three, where the Lord has promised some big things and prophesied some major things um, in my life. And he's asked me to wait. He's asked me to wait for his promise. And so I've been waiting faithfully for two and a half years. And I did not expect it to be this long. And there would be times where he's like, the time is now, it is coming, and then it doesn't. And I ask him, what the heck are you doing? You just lied to me. But that's not your character, so what's going on? And then he would tell me, continue to be faithful. Continue to have faith. Because, you know, I'm thinking in a linear line. He said this, and it didn't happen. But he's not a liar. A does not equal B. What is going on? And But yet, we're talking to the Lord Almighty. But still, we have all these things. And because of this journey, I've lost friends and family um, thinking I'm literally nutso. And, you know, they can think that. And, you know, sometimes I wonder if I'm crazy to believe in what I'm believing in right now. But I know others, I mean, losing friends and family to death when the Lord says they're going to be fine. You know, they're on their hospital bread. You pray for the Lord. Are they going to be fine? The Lord says they're going to be healed. And you're like, okay, great. And then they die. It's just like the Lazarus story. What the heck? He died. You said it wasn't going to end in death. And yet he's dead. Again, thinking in a linear mind, what is the Lord truly meaning? What is the Lord truly saying? Is he a liar? Is he not? Is he faithful to his word? A personal thing for me, I've, on this journey, one of the things the Lord has said is that he showed me who my wife's going to be. He told me uh, through uh, my mother and who confirmed and everyone, all these other people that I've asked to confirm have confirmed. And she even confirmed herself um, that, you know, the Lord has, the Lord told me that she's the one I've picked for you uh, to go through life with, to grow in me with. And we were excited. We both knew, um, we both knew what God was saying. We were both hearing from him and and everyone in the family knew and asked the Lord themselves and knew that it was right and it was true what the Lord was saying, except her father, and who didn't know Christ um, like, like many of us did. Um, and he was able to, he put his foot down and said no when God was saying yes and we were following God every step of the way until, um, until it was taken until it was taken and you know after and it's been a year and a half almost two years and i haven't talked with any of them since now i still believe the lord's the lord's promise to me the covenant he made with me is true i still believe she's my future wife and i hope she knows that and i pray for them every single day i've prayed for them every single day for a year and a half and and I know, I know it's I know it's gonna come back around, and I know he's gonna, him and I are gonna talk, and we're gonna understand each other and come to an understanding. We're gonna we're gonna love each other in the end. I know it's all gonna come to fruition because I know God's character, and I know there was a reason for this. But yet in the moment, 
when it was taken from me, knowing what the Lord was blessing us with and then it was taken from, man, did the Lord seem like a liar. And it just seemed like a dirty, evil joke. I mean, I've never been in a divorce because I've never been married. But I know there's many out there who have. The Lord said, this is the one. And it was not as easy and as rainbows and butterflies as you thought. And it was hard. And a divorce came and you're confused. And you're like, Lord, you said this was the one. Why are we divorcing? I mean, we can easily talk about losing jobs. The Lord said, my dad. I mean, the Lord said, you're going to have this job. It's your silver. You know, thinking, oh my gosh, well, it's going to be a great job then, right? In that linear kind of thinking. Job was terrible. And he had it for two years. And then he got fired. And then two years later of sitting and waiting for God to waiting for God to show him how to move forward, constantly praying, constantly getting to wait, getting the getting from the Lord to wait. I'm wondering, God, you said that was our silver. What what are you doing? You're not a liar. And in my holiness I cannot lie. Verse 35, Psalm 89. What's going on? And then and then his dream job came. His gold, his job of gold came. The first job was of silver. This job was of gold. And now he's reeling in the blessings of waiting on the Lord to perform the miracle and the promise that he that he said. I mean, we don't even have to get into COVID, right? The 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 death and the conspiracies and the division that it has brought to this nation and it just being hard lord why would you do this why like you have the power not that he did it but he has the power to take it away so again it's not all rainbows and butterflies but why can't it be i mean then let's let's continue reading verse 46 where he continues oh lord how long will this go on How long will COVID go on? How long will this divorce go on? How long will this pain and suffering go on? Will you hide yourself forever? How long will your anger burn like a fire? Remember how short my life is? How empty and futile this human existence? No one can live forever. All will die. No one can escape the power of the grave. Just a reminder that all that is happening in this world and all that we're doing in our lives is going to come to an end. It can be 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years from now. It could be tomorrow. It could be today. You never know. So how long is this pain going to last? You only have such amount of time, Lord, to fulfill the promise that you have given because time's running out. Existence on this earth is running out. And so we wonder... And we ask the Lord what his real character is. And after all that, and after all that frustration that Ethan is giving and wondering and asking of, of the Lord, you gave this covenant to David and yet now it seems like it was all just thrown away. This is the very last verse. This is the part four. This is the very last verse he gives. And he ended with, remember, verse 51, Your enemies have mocked me, O Lord. They mock your anointing king wherever he goes. And then verse 52, the very last verse. 
Praise the Lord forever. Amen and amen. So why after all this frustration, all this anger, all this doubting, all this confusion, that he would go to the Lord and say, you know what? Praise the Lord forever. You know what, Lord? I love you. Amen and amen. Because he's reminded of who God is and what his character is. He's remembering the truth and he has given his life to Christ. And we do not give our lives to Christ lightly. But yet when we do, we know that he is true and that he is not a liar and that he loves us and that what he does for us is all based in his love. He loves us more than anything else. And all he wants is good for you. It might not feel good for you in the moment. It might not feel good when you're literally thinking of what is happening in your human mind. But we have to remember who promised us these things. It is God Almighty, the God of the heaven and the earth, the God of the sea and the mountains, the commander of all. He's the one that's promising us these things. He knows the present, the past, and the future. He's omnipresent. He knows all. And yet all we can see is the present. And we try to put it in our minds in a linear kind of way, thinking, okay, well, A equals B has to equal C, right? But then when they don't equal each other, we go into a crazy fit of who God is. Is he a liar? Is everything I'm believing a lie? But yeah, we forget that it's God Almighty that we're talking to. Ethan remembered, this is God. After all the anger and all the frustration, all the confusion, Ethan remembered, this is God. Praise the Lord forever. Amen and amen. There's a reason why he does a double amen. Because amen means, when you say amen after a prayer, it means yes. Or it means truth. Um, it can mean both of those things. Like, yes, we agree, or you are speaking truth. Um, or I have spoken truth. That's what amen means. Now, when back then, when you did amen and amen together, when you did a double amen, there's a reason and a meaning for both amens. The first amen means, so it is. Also translating to, God blesses forever. So, you know, life, so it is. God is blessing forever. And then the second amen is, be it so. Meaning, let God be blessed forever. So he blesses us and he is blessed. So when you say amen and amen, you're saying, so it is and be it so. That no matter what in our life, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how confusing, no matter how frustrating, no matter how far the rainbows and butterflies might seem, that we are following Christ Almighty and all he has for us is good. And let me show you the good that he showed David. After the sins of David and after the covenant appearing to be broken. So we're going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, where it says, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes and through Christ our amen. I'm going to read it again. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes and amen. Yes, and that is true. And you know what? It is true because if we look at what the Lord what the Lord's covenant was with David where it says, "I will preserve an heir for him, his throne will be endless as the days of heaven." 
Well, who is his heir? We know that David's son is Solomon. His kingdom doesn't last forever. His rule doesn't last forever. But if you go down the lineage of David's lineage and you go down, you find, you find someone. And guess whose name that is? It's Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who once he came and died for our sins, his throne was set. And ever since then, his throne has lasted forever on this earth. His throne has lasted so long that we are still here today speaking the truths that he has told us. The covenant that God made with David came true. Now in his linear mind, in Ethan's linear mind, I will preserve an heir for him, a throne that will be endless as the days of heaven. That that didn't come true because Solomon didn't, Solomon didn't rule forever. David didn't rule forever. But yet Jesus Christ came and his heir, Jesus Christ, has ruled forever and always. We have to remember who God is. He doesn't think linear like us. He's the God Almighty of the universe. And he deserves all the praise. Yes, we're going to complain. Yes, it's going to be hard. Yes, this journey that we choose to go on with Christ is not butterflies and rainbows. But it is. It is and it will be forever. Butterflies and rainbows. If we can give thanks now, if we can give thanks now when we're giving our, giving our lives to Christ and we can give thanks to him then and praise to him then, then we can give thanks to him now when we're going through the struggle, when we're questioning who God is. We can remind ourselves, like Ethan did, of his character and that it is God Almighty that loves us more than anything and he's willing to do anything for us. He's willing to sacrifice his son for you so you may be able to repent of your sins every single time you mess up. Every single time you hurt God by committing a sin, his grace and by the death of his son, he's allowing us to ask for forgiveness. And the second we ask for forgiveness, he forgets and forgives. I mean, honestly, that sounds like butterflies and rainbows to me being forgiven every single time, countlessly, no matter how many times you mess up, no matter what you do. It sounds like rainbows and butterflies to me. And to those who to those who are here and don't have not received Christ, um, I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to do so if you feel led to. If you feel like this podcast really did it and you feel like the Lord is leading you to give your life to him, I'm going to give you that opportunity. We're going to say a prayer. You're going to repeat right after me. And we're going to accept Christ. And you're going to start your honeymoon stage with Christ. You're going to start your honeymoon time with him. And you're going to receive Christ, receive the Holy Spirit within you, his spirit within you. And you're going to feel different. I promise you that. And then you're going to go get baptized and declare your faith to the world and be washed away from your sin. And it's going to be amazing. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be the best feeling. You're going to feel like you're on top of the world. And you're going to praise him then. And you're going to know, you're going to believe in his character then. And then you're going to get smacked in the face. 
and you're gonna remind you're gonna be remembered of this evil world that we live in due to our faults but we were reminded of this evil world and even when that day comes you need to still praise him and still remember his his character because it has not changed and he still loves you and he's still gonna bring his promises and keep his promises to you no matter what it will be rainbows and butterflies it is but there will be one day when we get to see the Lord face to face where nothing but rainbows and butterflies and who knows maybe there will even be a unicorn how cool would that be we'll be blessed with a unicorn Rainbows, butterflies, and unicorns. Sounds like an amazing place to me. Now, if if it's your time that you know that you want to give your life to Christ, then bow your head, close your eyes, put your hands together, take off your hat in respect of what, you know, the biggest decision of your life that you're about to make right now. And repeat after me. Dear Lord, I believe. I believe in you, Father. I believe that you are the one true God. I believe that your son died on a cross for my sins. I love you, Father. I choose you every day. And I will follow you every day of my life. You are my God. And I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You have just committed yourself to Christ. And Christ has been waiting because he committed himself to you before you were even born. When he created you in the womb, he committed himself to you with all of his love. And now you've committed yourself to him. You've opened that door. And now you have him inside of you, dwelling within you, loving you, being able to bless you, being able to give you all these promises that he will fulfill, just like he did for David. Now there are going to be times, again, where you're going to feel like Ethan, but we have to remember his character, remember his promises are going to come true because this is God, and I am so happy for you. Celebrate. You were on that honeymoon stage with God. You, you're going out on a honeymoon with the big man. Go and enjoy. Enjoy and have fun. You need to praise him Get a Bible if you don't have one and study it because this is the word that he has given us to walk through this crazy evil place that we live in at the moment. It's a blueprint on how to walk through and to learn and to grow in him. Find a community. Find a community in him. Find a church to learn and to grow again in him. Now remember, we still live in a sinful place, so a community and a church is not going to be perfect. None of them will be. But just like we're not perfect, just like you're not perfect, we can all grow together. Praise him, spend time with him, because now that he's here, you gotta spend time with him. You don't wanna, you don't wanna leave him hanging, because he's been waiting on this for a long time. He's known about you for so long, and now you're, now you're open to him. Man, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you. Uh, leave a comment if you if you feel led. You wanna praise him out loud? Leave a comment on the, on the podcast. Him. You can leave comments and stuff on, on the Spotify version of the podcast. Guys, I'm so thankful you're here. I hope you enjoyed this one after that long break. I hope you had a great Christmas and New Year's, and I hope this just kept the greatness going. Um, thankful. Thankful for all you guys. 
Thank you for those who have shared. I love you guys. The Lord loves you more than anything. And the promises that he's made to you will come true. Mark my words. I'll see you guys next time.